Today, I'm talking to the CEO of Classical Conversations about what it was like to grow up homeschooled and how that prepared him for the role he plays today. You seem surprisingly well-adjusted, but I don't know. You be the judge. Stay tuned. This is the Sam Sorbo Show. You've heard me talk about Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, and how his pillow has given me the good night's sleep that I need. Well, now Mike's got a line of slippers. That's right. And contrary to rumors... The fur-lined slippers, which are my favorites, are not discontinued. In fact, wide widths are arriving this fall, so don't delay in placing your order. They're finished with a high-quality leather suede made from U.S. cowhides. Mine are pink. They're faux fur-lined. They're super comfy. I really love mine because they are easy to slip on and they have strong slip-proof soles. You've all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company that it is today. You've trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. And now you can have that same great comfort all through the house. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to find deep discounts on many MyPillow products. Don't forget, enter promo code Sam Sorbo, or you can call 800-625-5983. That's 800-625-5983. for great radio specials. Hi there, I'm Sam Sorbo, and my guest now is Robert Bortons. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Classical Conversations Incorporated, which is a job that he was literally born for. His mom, Lee Bortons, of whom I'm a huge fan, started Classical Conversations years ago on the heels, basically, of almost completing uh, Robert's education, his home education. And he went on to get a degree in engineering, but eventually turned around and came back to run the company that his mother uh, and father created. And so he's joining me now uh, on the Sam Sorbo Show. Welcome to the program. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to see you. We've met several times in person. And of course, I use classical conversations for all three of my children and still do. And I've, I've tutored and uh, directed, and uh, those are sort of in-house terms, but I've taught through classical conversations for a few years also. So I'm, I'm a devotee, and it's just a great pleasure to speak to you and talk to you a little bit about your journey because this wasn't something that you had intended necessarily to do, uh, but you seem to have settled in very, very well. Yeah. Growing up, I enjoyed homeschooling tremendously. I love the freedom it gave me, gave me an opportunity to really pursue my passions as a young person. And uh, I thought I wanted to study computer engineering and I was actually able to get an internship at a computer engineering company in high school, where if I was stuck in a school building, uh, eight hours a day, that obviously wouldn't have been possible. And, um, yeah, so classical conversations started when I was in high school and people always ask me, did I always want to see myself in classical conversations? Well, it wasn't really a a business yet when, uh, I was younger. It wasn't until I got a phone call from my mom, uh, when I was in college telling me that my dad had quit his job so that he could help homeschool my younger boys, brothers, and uh, she was going to make Classical Conversations a real organization and that I had to pay for college myself. So that was uh, the first time that I had really heard about Classical Conversations <laughs> and the directions my parents were taking it in. Um, yeah, you've, but, uh, 
You recently started a podcast and I and I heard the podcast of, about your story and I thought, wow, that's cold. His mom just called him up and went, OK, kid, we're cutting you loose. You're halfway done with college. Good luck with that, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was um, I think homeschooling prepared me for that because we had a love of learning and we were able to just kind of know how to tackle anything. And um, yeah, so I was an industrial engineer for six years after college and making widgets faster was uh, gratifying, but didn't really have an internal impact. And I felt like I had a good testimony and was able to tell parents that if my family with all of our flaws were able to homeschool, get into college, you know, work our way up the corporate ladder. Um, if that's something that's interesting to your family, I know that you can do it too. And so that was when I decided to come and help my parents out at Classical Conversations and uh, just kind of transitioned over the last few years, the leadership position uh, with my mom so she can just focus on a new curriculum she's writing in math called the Math Map. And I run the day-to-day operations to make sure our families are supported here at the home office. Where, when is the Math Map coming out? Do you know? Uh, well, we are hoping for 2024 with um, some more piloting going on in 2023. So um, next couple of years, um, and we are, it's a full K through 12 curriculum, which takes a long time to write to make sure everything lines up. And it's really designed for families uh, with multiple kids so that uh, parents can really practice math as a family so that uh, the third grader and the eighth grader are learning similar ideas at the same time. And uh, it's going to really be really beneficial to creating a conversation around math uh, for the family. Yeah, it's a completely different way of well, it's it's almost a completely different way of looking at education in a sense. So it's still a curriculum. So we have the comfort of of knowing that we have this support structure from K through 12 if we if we choose to continue it. Right. But yeah. at the same time, it takes math out of the out of the proverbial classroom with a teacher teaching and a student just absorbing. And it it uh, it works to involve the student in the learning process and in the teaching process at the same time. And this is the beauty of the classical method of teaching and learning. Um, you, you, you mentioned that you uh, created faster where you created faster widgets or better widgets faster or something like that, which I, which I thought was such an interesting uh, uh, analogy for you working as a as an industrial engineer, because I often say that in our school system, you know, they treat the kids as if they're widgets and they just stuff in a bunch of information and they believe that at the end, somehow they will, you know, somehow some, a, a fully formed human with an education will emerge. And that's not how humans work. No, not at all. Every human is unique. We're made in the image of God and we're made for a purpose. And, uh, you know, that purpose as a Christian is to glorify him and uh, making everyone the same is not going to be very useful except for our uh, leaders uh, who want to control everything. It's very helpful to be able to control a mass if everyone thinks the same way, acts the same way, and has the same uh, standard interpretation of how the world should be. Um, but I believe we're all unique individuals and we should be given a unique education that's tailored to us. And really homeschooling is the best and really only way to do that. Yeah. And not only that, like you say, thinks the same way and acts the same way, but actually even more importantly than acts just like each other acts 
uh, obedient to leadership, right? And that's yes. what that's that's like the overarching lesson of school is pay attention to the teacher and do what the teacher says. You follow the rules, you follow directions, um, and you don't ask questions. And and of course that that doesn't lead to innovation. That's that that squelches creativity and all of the other sort of bad byproducts that we get out of our schools. That we, I don't know. Do you think we just give them a pass because we went to school or something? <laughs> Yeah, I think a couple of things, um, obviously pre-pandemic, I think parents just thought that they were getting the same education, their children were getting the same education that they received and all the things that had happened when they were in school were still happening today. And obviously uh, that was exposed uh, during the Zoom era and, uh, you know, just the teachers coming out and clearly trying to um, manipulate the kids to believe certain things that were against their parents' wishes or against their parents' values and just being really open about that and public about it uh, really for the first time uh, during COVID. And so I think that opened up a lot of parents' eyes and why we've seen that explosive growth in homeschooling from roughly 2 million children being homeschooled to estimates between 4 and 6 million being homeschooled today. So I think, um, you know, parents are waking up, but they still feel trapped and not sure what to do, or they've got so many bills and inflation's through the roof that they're not sure how they can um, afford to be on one income or, um, you know, homeschool for those type of reasons, as opposed to academic reasons. There's a lot of fear uh, among, among the parents of taking on this daunting task of education. What do you, first of all, what do you attribute that to? And secondly, how do you assuage that? Yeah, I call it the, I was a big Star Wars fan growing up. And in the first movie, A New Hope, they say, fear will keep the planets in line, fear of this Death Star. And so I think that 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 cloud of fear is something that the establishment wants to put over those parents' head. You're not good enough, you need experts, you know, all of those things. And I think just um, what you need is people one-on-one talking to their neighbor and saying, hey, you know, I homeschooled, it's possible. Uh, sharing stories, uh, really letting people know like, Hey, it doesn't matter if you have an eighth grade education, you can homeschool. It doesn't matter if you're a PhD and uh, have your teacher certificate, you can homeschool. Um, that there's resources available, whether it's classical conversations or one of the other, you know, tens, if not hundreds of companies out there now supporting homeschoolers. They've got curriculum that's designed for you, the homeschooling parent, to be able to educate your child well. There's plenty of homeschool groups to be able to join and get um, other parents around you to support you. So I think it's just dispelling the myth that you need to be an expert to teach your kids, right? You teach them to walk, you teach them to talk, uh, you teach them to tie your shoes. You know, you don't need um, an expert to do that. And you don't need an expert to teach them math, history, reading, or writing. You have three kids yourself. So you've already gone through this a little bit. They're still young though. Yeah. You have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So yeah, the young, the oldest two are in classical conversations, communities, and I've been you know, helping them learn to read, especially the five-year-old boy. He yeah, didn't really engage with my wife so much on the reading level. So, you know, I sit down with him on a nightly basis and go through our phonics together. And, uh, you know, it's just, this is just a joy to see the eyes light up in your children and, and when they figure it out and understand different things and being able to sit down with my daughter at night and, you know, practice reading some of the books with her as well. And just seeing her be able to move. I mean, there's nothing more joyful to a parent than seeing your parent children learn 
and, and actually like learning and love learning and, you know, talk about what they're learning. And you don't see that love of learning really in the um, government school systems. They try to squelch it. They have bells, raised hands, um, standardized curriculum that's not designed for the student, but designed for the administrators. Um, and so it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, I hadn't thought of this, but um, but it's a really interesting point to to put forward to parents. I think it's something that we've just grown to accept because we've all grown up in this culture of government schools, right? That that you drop the kids off at preschool, or you or you pick them up from uh, kindergarten, first grade. What'd you learn today? Oh, mommy, I learned this, and I we talked about this, and then this happened, and blah blah blah, and then by fifth grade. There's no more of that. Mm-hmm. It's what did you learn today? Uh, nothing. You know, no, maybe well, they're telling us the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. But there's also this idea that they sure. that the school makes learning hard work mm-hmm. and they and they project that on the kid. They go learning's hard and it's not. <laughs> but 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 it's projected and it's accepted in our culture because they've projected it on us. So we accept that learning's hard and teaching's even harder. Right. And so we just, we just accept that and we adopt that attitude. And then, and then, you know, that renders parents basically uh, paralyzed. They, they're like, well, I don't like what's happening in the schools, but I can't do it because Mm -hmm. what we've been taught that we can't do it, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the system wants to reinforce itself and doesn't want people to leave it. So it's going to create uh, processes and ideas and thoughts around that idea of saying, hey, you got to give him, give your children over to us. We know best. We're the experts. Um, you can't trust yourself. You don't know your own child. Um, what if you screw them up? <laughs> Versus, what if you, yeah. That's a big we're pretty one. confident that you are going to screw them up uh, based on uh, what we're seeing, unfortunately, from a lot of young people today and our college students. Not at classical yeah. conversations, obviously, but from the government school system. Yeah, that's a great retort. What you know? What if I fail? What if I screw them up? Uh, well, look at their track record. Like, do you think maybe you could beat that? You know, the whole gender confusion. You know, all of that stuff with your kids. It's yeah. You well, now it's not even gender confusion. Now they're putting uh, doggy litter and kitty litters in bathrooms in yes. conservative school districts to help uh, the furries feel accepted. I, I, I do think it's uh, at a certain point we have to admit to ourselves that there, there's an agenda at work and there are people in play that are exerting an agenda and not that everybody in that school has bought into it, but there are powerful forces that are silencing even the majority. Yeah, I know um, we had a teacher in Louisiana stopped teaching to homeschool with classical conversations. And she was telling us that the Christian ladies who are teachers in her public school, in her church told her, don't quit, just, uh, you know, hold your nose and teach the stuff that we have to teach because we need to be there for the kids. It's like, okay, well, all you're teaching these kids is that you don't actually believe, you know, what you're believing, what you're saying you believe when you go to church on Sundays and that uh, it's more important to collect a paycheck from the government than to stand up for what is right and wrong. Yeah, sadly, the, the best thing you could do is stay in the situation and not teach what they're telling you to teach, but teach what you fervently believe, right? And get yep. fired for it. 
Like that would be the bet. Take a stand and show people what it looks like to take a stand and that you're resilient and that taking a stand is meaningful and uh, and worthy. Right. But instead, what they're doing is they're kowtowing to the system and exhibiting exactly the wrong message that they, sh- you know, that they shouldn't be sending. I just um, I, re- I read in your bio that you serve on the a- the academic board of the classical learning test. Can you briefly uh, go over that? Because I know we're running out of time, but just tell us what the classical learning test is and what it means to serve on their academic board. It sounds like you're a brainiac. <laughs> well, I always say I'm the. I'm usually the dumbest person in the room, but uh, if you read business books, that's what you want to be. You always want to be surrounded by smarter people. The classical learning test is a competitor to the ACT and SAT, and it's trying to bring truth, beauty, and goodness back to uh, college entrance exams, as well as end of grade testing, and really pulling from classical material. So children are learning and being tested on beautiful, great works instead of the garbage that is being put into the ACT and SAT. And you can learn more um, at the, just Google classical learning test and you can learn all about it. Uh, it's less expensive, it's less time consuming and you get better results and a better test. So unfortunately teachers teach to the test. And if you're teaching to the ACT or SAT, you're teaching the woke garbage. Um, so we were trying to al- give an alternate. So uh, private schools or homeschoolers or anyone who wants to get rid of this uh, hamster wheel of insanity as an option um, to opt out and uh, still get a end of grade test that is relevant and gives colleges uh, insights into who would be successful at their university. I love the colorful language you use. And uh, I I wish you were more assertive with your opinions, Robert, but uh, (laughs) I will, I guess we'll take what we can get. So classical conversations, you can go to classical conversations. Is it.com? Yep. Yeah. And uh, you can look up if there's uh, if there's already community near you. And if there isn't, you can always start one. That's the beauty of classical conversations. Before we go, Robert, I I just want to say when you talk about truth, beauty and goodness, which is, in a sense, uh, a definition of God. Right. So so we constantly with education, we should be seeking God. And the way that we seek God is we seek the truth, the beauty and the goodness in the world. Um, through the various uh, disciplines that we have, but they all center around God. And this is something that I took from your mom's uh, curriculum, your mom's uh, program. And it is a gift that I felt that she gave me that uh, changed my life and changed the lives of my children. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you appearing on the podcast with with us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. It was wonderful to be here today and uh, thank your audience. And yeah, you can find my podcast, Refining Rhetoric, and we release every other week and it's on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah, it's a great podcast, Refining Rhetoric with Robert Bortons, uh, and uh, who is now the CEO of Classical Conversations. All right, that's it for me. Thank you. This is the Sam Sorbo Show. We'll see you next time.